Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Romance at a Glance. Today, we are talking alien romance. I'm your host, Bridget. With me, as always, is my co-host, Shani. Hi, Shani. Hi, Bridget. Are you feeling a little strange today, Bridget? Oh, girl, I'm feeling a little strange love up in the house. A little strange love. <laughs> With us, we also have our producer, Jane. Hi, Jane. Hi. Jane, I think you're about to lose $5 today. I have a premonition. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) You guys. uh, I would agree. This has been such a fun season. I have to say, after Dark Romance, which was a delight to delve into, it has been nice to come out with the comedy, with the fun, with the weird and strange. Just like, you know, this book, spoiler, is very sweet and romantic also. And I have to say, we did a good job pairing sci-fi romance right after Dark Romance. It was a good idea. Yeah, it was a good idea. It really was. And y'all came through. Yo, y'all rag hags came through for us on this one. I really, yes. I'm, I'm happy about this. Yes, this was our most recommended book on Instagram when we were asking you guys for recommendations. And I can completely say why. Um, not to get too deep into it before we get to our jingle, but I would say this is the most sci-fi of our sci-fi books. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of just like world building and obviously non-humanoid MCs and side characters. And I am ready to talk. I'm ready to talk too. I need us to get to this jingle so we can get in. (laughs) I also just finished the book literally moments before we're recording. So it's so fresh in the old mind. And also it's good because if I had finished this like four days ago the whole week I'd have been like I want to talk to you guys about the book like, I'm not going to talk to you about the book but I, w- I want you to know that I want to know I want to talk to you I want to know <laughs> so I'm glad that I finished it five minutes ago so we can now talk about it in real time alright Bridget let's do this let's get it popping romance at a glance uh-huh. romance at a glance what you say now? romance at a glance go ahead girl As you know, everyone, we're talking Strange Love by Anne Aguirre, and this is a new-to-me author. Thank you all for your recommendation. This is book one of the Galactic Love series. Book number two is out, Love Code, and book number three, Renegade Love, comes out in 2022, theoretically. I mean, that's the proposed date. I would love to wax poetic about this book, but first I'm going to ask Shawnee how the narrator was. First of all, narrator Sarah Puckett. I love her. 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 One, I've heard her voice before. As soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, okay. I know who this is. Um, But she does an amazing job. She's super solid. She's like above average. I like her a lot. I recommend. Hooray. Okay. Well, for all you audiophiles out there, this is one to get. I was very excited. Obviously, we're doing sci-fi romance, alien romance. I was excited from the moment I saw the cover because this is definitely like the most non-humanoid of the season, as I mentioned. And I was a little bit unsure when I saw the cover whether that was like some sort of like alien suit he was wearing, like an exoskeleton armor plated suit or whether that was like literally his quote unquote body. Um, and I was pleased to find out that he was super non-humanoid because I thought it added a real level of how are they going to make this relationship work? Because obviously if they're humanoid and they like (laughs) whip out a dick, you're like, okay, well, they're going to just do normal fucking, obviously. But like, I was excited about the exploration and how they were going to figure it out. And I thought that was like some of the most sweet and also sexy, but like just like loving and adorable parts of the book where I'm like, hey, can I touch you here? And they're like, ooh, that was a reaction. Okay. Like, what's this? <laughs> what's this? What's this? Because like their physiologies are completely separate. 
which I thought was cool. I I would agree. There are two covers to the book. Uh, the one, there's one that's like on Kindle and um, and then one that's on Audible. So I like the the Kindle version better, or like the book cover where it's like super colorful. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see his like whole body. The audible one, you only kind of see some chest plates and then like a little person shadow walking away type of thing. Oh, okay. um, but the full body one, I was like, mm-hmm. ooh, I uh, <laughs> color me intrigued, <laughs> you know. Um, and I, I, the one thing I really did like about what you're talking about in terms of them figuring out physiology is that, like, I remember distinctly at a point in time wanting to be in a relationship and not wanting to have sex. Not because I wasn't a horny-ass motherfucker, but because I wanted to take the time to get to know my partner's body. I wanted us to play. I wanted us to do a whole bunch of stuff before we ever got to that. And I like that for them, they had that's what they had to do. They had to play and figure out what was what. And, ooh, there's a little tingle here. And, oh, let me explore this. And, ooh, look at this button. That works really well. You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> so it was cool, but I really like the Kindle cover of this. It's it's pretty artworky. Yes, yeah, I agree. Um, okay, so I'm going to tell you guys the synopsis real quick. If you haven't read the book yet, highly recommend you do. But if you haven't, let me tell you the synopsis. He's awkward. He's adorable. He's alien as hell. So Xylar is the main character, and he has failed four times in the annual choosing, which is kind of like a almost like a pageant competition to find you a mate. And not only do does the the one character, you know, sort of the other character that would be your mate has to do go through all these challenges to prove they're worthy. And then you have to go through all these challenges. Then they have to choose you. Then you still have to get approval because their planet had like rampant overpopulation. And so this is sort of how they control it. And he has found an off-world mate and he's going to pick her up and his AI gets damaged Um and he accidentally kidnaps a human being named Beryl instead of picking up his Turalan match that he was looking for. And he also picks up her dog. And Beryl is a, you know, she takes care of kids and she's kind of like, she describes herself as like, I'm, you know, sort of okay, but like nothing great in her life. You know, like she doesn't have a partner. She doesn't, she had this like ex-boyfriend she didn't really like who was kind of mean to her. And she likes taking care of kids and gets kidnapped by an alien with her dog. And I think the book (laughs) for me starts out with like such a good bang of setting his character as being like sort of anxious and worried. Like, is this Torellian lady going to like me? Like, I'm not sure, but I'm going to try my best. Like I've learned all about her culture, blah, blah, blah. And then also, you know, like the comedy of he implants a voice, um, or not a voice tracker, a, um, sort of like an AI language device so that she can understand him. And, but he also implants it into the dog too. Cause he thinks they're both lower life forms to him. And so he <laughs> thinks the dog is like also like an equal with her. Um, and I, I think that, I mean, I just think the book like straight through spoiler guys, I think the book straight through was great. Like, yeah. I just thought it was so sweet and heartwarming and funny and weird. And I thought that she was very so kind, not only to him, but to the her, like, becomes her best friend, who's, like, a plant being and not, like, 
even any i mean like it's an alien but like an alien in the most <laughs> alien sense where like each person or or thing or whatever you would like to call them from each planet is completely physiologically different and like she doesn't ever treat any of them like they don't matter or like she's repulsed by them like she's sort of interested to learn and and wants to like teach them about her culture and and i think the author did a really good job at the beginning with the them not understanding each other, even like down to a physiological thing where she smiles and he's like, oh, she's very ferocious. I have to please her. She's going to, she's going to attack me. <laughs> and, um, and she's like, no, it's called a smile. It means I'm happy. And he's like, are you sure? Cause it looks like you're, you're about to fight. <laughs> he's like, well, don't tell anyone else. It means you're happy. Cause I want them to be afraid of you. <laughs> like, so I just thought the whole book was so, it gave me all the warm fuzzies. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. Um, it reminds me. So the first time I read a book where the like main characters were like disgusted by each other was this book called Radiance. Um, it's part of the Wraith King series and it was by Grace Draven, I believe. And that uh, he would describe her as like a inside of a mollusk, you know, <laughs> <laughs> And then her eyes were red, bloodshot, like crazy looking at him. And he had blacked out eyes. And um, and I remember when I read that book and the initially being like, oh, how is this going to be sexy? How is this the love going to form here? You know, and mm -hmm. I was so pleasantly surprised by how much I loved that book. Um, and the same for this book. Uh, I thought it was so freaking sweet. And the thing is, when they described him, the pick like I actually built him like the way they described in my head and I was mm -hmm. like oh he's like a crab he's a crustacean <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's an insect he's, not for me <laughs> you know what I mean like I was like he's a crustacean he's got three and, claws you know so. <laughs> and so the initial like picture of him that I created was just non-appealing um and uh, but he's he was so sweet. And the thing that I really, really liked about this book was that he wasn't a high ranking official. He wasn't the equivalent of a billionaire. He was, nope. you know what I mean? He was he had insecurities. He was constantly mm -hmm. fighting his own insecurities and he didn't necessarily make them her problem, you know, uh, which I really enjoyed. There's a certain point where in the book where they've come up with this plan because uh, one of the. I can't remember the guy's name now, but uh, one of the guys is kind of against him and plotting against them. And so mm -hmm. she has to pretend that she's leaving him and go to that other guy's house. And there's a moment where he's just like, is she really going to leave me? Is she, you know, whatever. But he dealt with that internally. You know what I mean? He didn't, mm -hmm. he was like, no, it's going to be okay. It's going <laughs> to, and I love that. Like that made me fall in love with him. It wasn't some, you know, oh, my feelings are, are more valid than anybody else's. And I think she did a mm -hmm. really good job of that. I also think it's hilarious that I'm skipping to the end, but like normally at the end of the book, when people get their happily ever after, it's, you know, that Cinderella, like we get the house, we get the things, we get right. all the beautifulness. And I'm like, they got sent to like the worst quadrant of the... <laughs> Yeah. They got sent to the barons the, where like they're right near all the wild things that are attacking. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and, and their happily ever after was like, we'll make it work even in the barons. Uh, mm -hmm. And so I like that it, things in this book weren't typical of what we've been reading. Um, mm -hmm. And it, I think it allowed for me to fall in love with the character just as, as she was falling in love with the character. Mm -hmm. I also think it helped that the book was a little bit longer 
So it's probably, I don't know, maybe 50 or 70 pages longer than 75 pages longer than the couple other books we've read so far this season. Yeah. And I also think that just helps as you like, it, you know, it gives you more time to sink into the characters and to the world, a little bit more complexity yeah. um, with their relationship and the, and just like in general, I mean, the, the whole choosing ceremony, you know, where she befriends Kerr and they become her friend and, and how different each, each of the species, the sort of species thinks for instance at the end her and Kerr have been working together for the entire five trials and the last trial they get two little essentially clone babies yeah. and they each get one and you have to defend your clone baby from all the other competitors there's like 40 other competitors yeah. and they're try basically trying to like attack or kill your little clone baby so that you can prove that you can defend your little clone baby because in the city where they all are it's not a big deal you don't really need to do the defense but if you're set to like the barons or whatever, there's actual things that are going to be trying to kill your little babies. Um, anyway, so essentially their plan is that she's going to stand on the roof of this building with both babies and Kerr, which is like, a, they're like a plant life form. So she, or they basically embed themselves into the ground, grow spikes and poisonous tendrils, and they play defense while she's up there caring for both babies. And Kerr says something at the end, uh, like, you could have, well, you could have just dashed my baby onto the ground and taken the victory for yourself. And she's like, what? Who would do that? <laughs> and they're like, oh, it's a perfectly reasonable, you know, like a lot of people would. <laughs> yeah. or a lot of beings would, I guess. And... I thought that that was just like a very clever way of showing the different, like that sort of world building and that sort of um, depth, I don't think was necessarily available in the other books, just based on timing also. I think you're correct. Some At some points, I thought that the the amount of time it took them to finish the competition was a little long. But I love the book so much that I'm like, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was like the perfect amount of long <laughs> for me to fall in love with the characters. Um, I did really like this one scene. So I always say like a book will automatically get, you know, a three for me if it makes me laugh out loud. Mm -hmm. Um and so there was one scene where they're like, okay, it's the talent competition. And she's like, I don't have any talent. So she decides to just like redo the Napoleon Dynamite dance. Uh -huh. And yeah. he's looking at her like her arm. She's just flailing her limbs. And, and, yeah. and he's like, the hips suggest some sort of sensualness. But then the top of her looks like she's attacking. <laughs> so good. You know, yeah. and I, I just thought that was really funny. I, I thought there was a lot of funny mo moments in the book. I think anytime mm -hmm. a, an author inserts an animal into the book, like a pet or something like that, it allows for a lot of like comic relief. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't necessarily enjoy when that creature is always used for, uh, I don't know how, to, how you would say this, but like, like the animal keeps causing the problems that come up in the book. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because it feels like an easy thing to make the animal cause the problems in stories. Um, everything will be going fine, and then the animal does a thing. And so that happened in this book where the animal uh, snaps. He jumps into a fight that she's having because mm -hmm. she she's losing. <laughs> and uh, 
And so that causes uh, a penalty or, and they don't really tell you what the penalty is um, until the end of the book. It ends up being that they got to go to the Barons. I did love the comedy in this book, you know, and I did I thought, love I th the snap. I, I thought the comedy was great. I, I mean, even just like the first moment the dog can talk. Yeah. He's like, is it working? Can you understand me? And the dog's like, yep. And she's like, wait, what? You can talk? And he's like, you can talk? <laughs> I thought it was good because I, I, like, I think it could have gotten really annoying that the dog could talk. Yeah. If it was always like, outside, outside. I'm I'm hungry. I'm hungry. If it was like always repeating the same things. But I liked that they gave the dog like little moments of intelligence and little moments of like, he's like, I'm afraid. You know, he's like, I can smell your sad. Um and he's like, well, I'm afraid that she's going to leave me. And he, he's like, she doesn't leave people. She finds people. She found me. She found you. She's going to keep us. And like such a simple dog logic. But like I thought was a nice way to have the dog have like more meaning. And also for me, the dog really helped me with like she stays relatively calm. Like she doesn't really freak out ever. Like yeah. she's just like, okay, like I'm safe. So, okay, maybe he's a good alien. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I can't get home. Okay, well, but like, I also think it helps that she had her dog. So she's like petting the dog and like that act like always reassures you too. Cause you're like, okay, well I have to get the dog food and I have to find the dog somewhere to, you know, so it kind of like helps you like mentally keep going. Cause you're like, okay, well, Snaps needs to pee, so is there a garden or something? <laughs> you know, like, and I thought that became like the most adorable part of you know their sort of daily routine because a lot of these books, um, just like books in general, have a lot of like instant lust, which obviously you guys <laughs> know by now. I enjoy instant lust when <laughs> the time calls for it, but I liked that this book had so much like domestic domesticity. Is that how you say that? Domesticity, where they're like getting ready for bed or they're walking the dog together in the park or he's like trying to make her different foods so while they did have sort of like the actiony more sort of plot uh heavy parts of the choosing and then his his um, nest mate who's like a huge dick who's trying to like for some reason like ruin his thing and steal her so they had all of that stuff and like people are dying and so they had all of that sort of drama going on a, a large portion of the book is them being together in normal sort of daily things like let's eat together. And then, it, you know, those daily things slowly become like, hey, like, can I touch you and figure out what's going on on your body? Yeah. And then they slowly become him being like, let me stroke your head with my claws. And she's like, oh, that's it. And then he starts to stroke her body. And then, you know, like, I think the the pacing of them sort of falling in love worked really well for me. Yeah, I, I, I would agree Because if she that. had fallen in instant lust with an insect, I'd have been like, no, this book is <laughs> fucking crazy. No. <laughs> I don't care what pheromones he's putting off. That's an insect. You have to learn to love the person underneath the insect. You can't just love. And also, like, I thought she had a realistic trepidation about the fact that he doesn't have, like, soft hands. Yeah. So when she's thinking about how he's going to touch her, she has, you know, a very realistic, like, let me go first because I know I'm not going to hurt you. Tell me if it feels good. And then when he's like, I want to reciprocate, she's like, okay, well, we need to go real fucking slow. My skin is real, real soft and it's not strong like your skin. And she gives him sort of like an upfront, you know, and then she like hums his leg and she's like, ooh, he's got like hard legs, like a arm of a sofa. Like, <laughs> I'm going to get on that. <laughs> so like, I think, which I feel like is a like a reasonable thing like I would do too. I'm like, let me just hump you real quick. Cause <laughs> but 
yeah, anyways, and I thought it was really good. I also thought you would enjoy the end when he's like an inventor and he's like, I invented this to go over my claw. <laughs> and I was like, I liked in general that they were coming up with uh, ways that they could be together. Like when she makes the, like, the hammock bed thing so that he can stand mm-hmm. and she can lay so they can sleep mm-hmm. together. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like that's, you know, those are the, the moments that make the world go around. It's those little yep. things. Um, in a relationship, it's like people are expecting these grand gestures of, of a lot of things, but I think it is the day-to-day little yep. things that really make you love someone and really keep you yep. in love with someone and really fill that like love bank that you have yep. with someone. I agree. It's weird because like I always say like, you know, like relationships are kind of like a spinning wheel. Uh, you do something for your partner that makes them feel loved. They do something for you that makes you feel loved. And if you guys keep continuing to do things for each other, that wheel keeps spinning forward, right? But there mm-hmm. comes a time where people forget, you know, and that wheel starts slowing down and then it starts to spin backwards. And that's when you're you're in trouble, like things you're disconnecting, you're not. And then when once you disconnect, it's hard to do loving things for your partner again. Like sometimes it's like you're like, I don't want to do this for them or I'm a little resentful, you know, and somebody has to choose. Somebody has to recognize that you're in a backflow and you have to choose to start doing loving things again. And it takes that momentum to push that wheel forward again. And so sometimes I think it's just best never to lose it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> just best not to lose the momentum um but mm-hmm. we all do um but yeah i i definitely really loved that um i don't know I, at every moment i felt like they were looking out for each other and i felt like they were reassuring to each other without it feeling like an overly and mm-hmm. like an over reassurance i don't know if that makes sense but mm-hmm. like you, you know it was just like no i'm here let's go you know um mm-hmm. i I thought it was interesting when he told um, that he told the uh, the guy who was after him, his clutch mate, yeah, his clutch mate, that that she was about to get got. Right? <laughs> he was like, "Look, your your dudes after my girl." And oh, he told he told Miralai, Miralai, yeah. the 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 spouse of or the mate of. Essentially, the evil character of the book is his, like, clutch mate who has lots and lots of power and just wants, like, shiny things and is always doing bad things but, like, gets away with it because he has lots of power. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so he goes to her and says, like, look, I have to tell you this because I don't want to be responsible, but it seems like he's trying to kill you or put you aside or whatever. Yeah. Like, uh, or that he doesn't have a problem with doing that. Right. And and I like that she... She took the information and she seemed relatively calm about it, you know? She was just like, mm-hmm. bet. <laughs> and then, yeah. honestly, when the when the action of the book happened, the one thing I really enjoyed was that she called him and was like, yo, can you look after my clutch, right? Can you look yeah. after my babies? And he was like, okay. So he went to go yeah. look after the babies, even though he had, like, worries in his head about what was going on. The dude in the book was the one sitting with the babies while the women of the book dealt with yeah. the issues. And I right. loved that. I really enjoyed yeah. that element of yeah. the book. <laughs> and he set aside his own, like, desires to confront the guy. Yeah. 
with her plan. He's like, well, she has a plan with Kerr. And so I'm going to go and drink at the sad, sad place so that everyone <laughs> thinks that I'm very sad. And so that I sell this whole thing. Yeah. And I'm not going to like ruin. The only thing he did was go to Miralai because he's like, I know it's not part of their plan, but I don't think it'll ruin anything. And I can't let her get injured without like knowing the facts like yeah. I thought it was great I also like them like to your point of Merlai so we don't get to know her at all aside from we know that her her mate is a piece of shit and she I just love that she calls him and she's like actually I need you to come back and watch the kids and then yeah. she goes and she like sweeps into this party like the gorgeous creature she is and she's like oh hello wouldn't you want to celebrate our last night before we become parents and he's like uh, <laughs> like, and Kerr is like mm, my sense opportunity and like walks over and is like yo he's a piece of shit I'm about to murder him you want to be in on this she's like yes I do <laughs> and then she kills him the lady's like let me just pour this packet of drugs down and starts over and thinks he OD'd and then she's like I'll burn his body right quick also can I be all up in your relationship with your uh, person yeah oh all three of us okay great let's great. go together can, we, can I change and our kids can, last name we can change our kids last names no one will ever speak of this guy ever again great <laughs> like, it was like real scorched earth shit which I appreciated I mean, real scorched earth oh speaking of that I loved that the so a lot of times in books that have like non-binary characters or poly characters or or anyone who's sort of like outside of the or even even just like gay or lesbian characters the main evil character will have a problem with that that will be one of the pieces or it will be commented on by the main evil characters so typically the good characters quote unquote won't have a problem with it and will be accepting but they'll be like oh but so and so won't accept it or oh but blah 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 like there'll be some sort of yeah. but and I loved in this book that it was never mentioned, aside from that they said, you know, Kerr was referred to as they. So you're like, okay, well, they're, I mean, they're also like a plant form. So you're like, okay, this is, <laughs> we need to have a female or male gender. But also when Mirali was like, oh, I'm going to be a part of their duo um, and make it a trio, everyone was like, oh, what a wonderful idea. Two different people to fall in love with and to watch over <laughs> your, ne your nest. Great plan. Like, everyone was totally on board. And the evil character never was, that was, like, never part of his issue. Like, yeah. he wasn't staying away from Kerr and choosing Beryl because Beryl was, like, clearly or, like, yeah. outwardly a female character and the other one was they. Like, he just thought she was more like of an oddity. And so he wanted to capture her and collect her because he's a bad person. And I, I thought that was super, super refreshing because I know that a lot of authors are working hard to include different, you know, orientations and genders and people. And I think this book was a really good example of including it and not having it be not saying a it. part of the plot. <laughs> like yeah. it's not a part of the plot. It's just a fact of the world, which I thought was really well done. Yeah. It, it actually makes me excited. I was thinking of this yesterday because every time, you know, like if you have parents who don't accept whatever your orientation is or that sort of thing, you know, or like my, my grandpa, you know, and he's just like, that's just not normal. That's just not normal. And, and he's correct. Right. So like, okay. Having your kid be gay at that time, wasn't normal for him. However, 
in more people coming out and talking about it, there will be a day when it's normal. So now when all the younger kids are coming out and it's a little bit more matter of fact when they come out, it's like, well, now it's normal. Like you, things have to be abnormal before they can be normal sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just find that uh, fascinating. Um, and I, I agree with you. I love that it was just part of the, the book and not a big deal. And, um, and I just, I really... I don't know. I, I I gush about this book because I really enjoyed. I just really enjoyed. It. I loved. I loved all the characters. I didn't feel like there were a bunch of useless characters. Um, I didn't feel like uh, their love was contrived. I felt like it took their t- they took their time. I agree with you. I would not have believed it if she was like instant love with this mm-hmm. creature because I wasn't. But when they just when she described him. And I and I built him. I was like, oh no! Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, what? I was like, does he have a penis? I'm yeah, like, like what's, what's going on in there? Oh my god! One of my favorite quotes, which I'm going to skip ahead really quick, just because it relates to this exact moment. And she's like, I'm about to finger bang an alien. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was dying laughing. I was like, that would have been me because he has like internal. So like the female. Uh, I'll call him a creature. The female aliens of his species have the external sex organs and he has the internal ones. So she sticks her fingers in there and gives him a good uh, finger bang. Bang, bang, bang. Bang, bang, bang. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I have a question for Jane, Johnny. So Jane, one of your biggest complaints about (laughs) these books is that all these fools are like, and I'm going to knock you up. (laughs) How did you feel about the fact that she never has to carry any babies? He's saying, oh, we'll have nest mates, but they just pluck some genetic material, soup it up in a lab, ba-ba-bang, ba-ba-boom, mm-hmm. and then they have a little brood, and she's like, oh, well, as long as I don't have to be gestating mm-hmm. it. So it seems like a great plan. I'm a huge fan of that. I thank, thank you for taking the body horror out of these books, because that's what it's been for me up till now. Um, I love this book in general, and I will have to Venmo you five dollars, Bridget, no, because I did like this book. Uh, 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 um, uh, yeah, no, I did, and I also felt like I will say with this book. Now that I've read a few other Alien books and summaries for like dozens of others, I felt like this book was a little uh, what's the word? Like a little subversive, like a little subversive for the genre, because like mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the alien books so far is a lot about that like initial lust and like immediate attraction and the mm-hmm. like biological imperatives of being mm-hmm. together, which frightens me. So I liked that in this book they went out of their way to say like everything here is like a choice and they're like deciding mm-hmm. to be together. And I also I have a favorite line too. Oh, please um, tell us. This is my favorite line. Okay. So he, it's like when he asks her, after he abducts her, he asks her um, to do the choosing or gives her the choice of doing the choosing and explains what it is. And she's like, are you proposing to me? And he says, yes, terrible one. You are the most hideous mate anyone ever brought back to Bareth. And so you will drive all predators away with our nest with ease. Yeah, I <laughs> and I was, was so like, funny. that is my love language. I would love <laughs> if someone called me a terrible one and said I was so terrifying and hideous that I would detract all predators from our nest. So that worked for me. And she was like, oh, he has to stop calling me terrible one. I was like, you better not. <laughs> so you better keep calling her that. Yeah, <laughs> I love that the whole time when he calls her terrible one she's like oh you're sweet endearments yeah <laughs> he's like this is my most terrible one and he's all proud of her she's just like okay well you're no picnic insect man <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was also great I also thought the so the 
at the end, they get sort of banished to this baron's land where they're going to live in essentially like a dugout cave, it seems like. Um, but they still have like electricity and some tech, but it's definitely not like this sleek, high tech world of of the main city where they start the book. And I think it's great because she's like, ooh, it's a bathtub. Ooh, <laughs> fresh fruit and vegetables. I can cook and figure out how to make food that we can each eat. Like, this is so great. And like, I love that. She's like, he's probably not going to like it. He's probably going to be like, mm, this is so primitive. And I'm I like it. This is gonna be great. <laughs> I, I think it's so great because it's also like life is also sort of in the eye of the beholder. So right now we're staying in an apartment. <laughs> My sweet, sweet husband is on the struggle bus, y'all. He is on the struggle bus with this. He wants to move into the new house we just bought. Literally the day that we get the keys, which we don't have a single thing of furniture. So I don't know what he, how he thinks I'm going to make that happen. But he's like, I don't care how much money you have to spend, Bridget. I want to move in as fast as possible. And I was like planning like two and a half weeks. Like I'll hire some people to do some of the bigger jobs that like take too much time for me. But I'll do some of the painting. I'll do like obviously I have to like buy furniture and assemble it and all this other stuff. He's like, I don't care how much money you have to spend. You better. Get. He's like, maybe I'll just move there by myself. <laughs> he just like cannot handle it. Whereas like, I think the apartment has some real annoying things like walking a stroller up and down three flights of stairs is like not that much fun every day. But for the rest of it, I'm like, whatever, it's temporary. It's only a couple more weeks. And he is literally going to lose his mind. So anyways, <laughs> life is the, in the eye of the beholder. And hopefully you're like us where you have one person who's okay with it, even if one person hates it, to balance. And in this case, he's going to be like, man, it's primitive. But she's going to be like, it's so fun. And hopefully it will balance for them oh. as well. <laughs> hopefully. I definitely thought oh, <laughs> when you guys moved there, I was like, ooh, Leo, he's uh, <laughs> just the apartment. He's going to struggle for a minute. Oh, my God. It Your husband is bougie. It's like... <laughs> He's so bougie, he's so guys. Bougie. He's so bougie. He's like the floorboards creak because all the buildings in the town where I grew up are old. I mean, the the town is old. They're all from somewhere between like 1900 and 1930. Probably everything was built. And and he's like, all the floorboards creak and all the doors squeak and all the like, like, it's, like it's just like, it's a struggle. It's a real. And also he's in a teeny tiny room with his double monitors and it's like he doesn't it's like not a good ideal working environment yeah. which he spends well, you know a lot it's of the time a transition between because the the old house was too small and so this exactly. apartment obviously this is even is, smaller is smaller <laughs> you know but it's the transition to the bigger that's going to be be great but i was definitely yeah. like whoa yeah, yeah. He's, he's a hoot. Oh, God, I love that boy. Speaking to what you were talking about earlier, Jane, with the... And Bridget, I actually... I thought of you when they were talking about that gestational thing because I was like, Bridget does not like to carry these babies. She she loved the babies, does not I like, like the, the pregnancy. And so... Yeah. With, and, and same for me, like... I mean, I don't want kids, but but a great portion of that is the body aspect of carrying a child, right? Because, like, I have body trauma. And I'm just, like, being out of my body for X amount of time. It does, like, sounds meant like I will be mentally ill during that process, you know? And so I was like, oh, wait, dude, just take a little dab from you, a little dab from you to make, make, it, make a new little thing. I was like, that's, mm. a, that's amazing. And also, and it's not like ours in real life where like you can do that you can take out your eggs take out the sperm put it together but then you have to put it back in somewhere yeah which could be a surrogate i suppose but um yeah 
Yeah, I agree. I thought it was great. I was like, oh, that would have been nice. I could have just taken out a little juice and then got a little hatchlings. Like, <laughs> damn, all it, also all at once because I wanted to have twins the first time so that yeah. then I didn't have to have any more children. I could have just done one pregnancy, two babies, two for one. Bam. Bam. But, you know, the whole yeah. thing when they say hatchlings, in my mind, I'm just envisioning a lot of babies, you know, like – Upwards. That one lady had a, he said she had a small hatch and she had like six or something. And I was yeah. Like, and so how many uh, things are they taking care of? <laughs> part, part of me was like, what happens when they take genetic material from her and, and him? Like what creature is born from said, said thing? Or do they take it and they make a uniform creature like across the board for their planet? Well, like, I, I was very curious about, about that, that too. So they talked about how some of his other relatives had off world spouses. So obviously, like, they're not the first off-world spouses to make hatchlings. So what it seemed like is he he was talking about that they take sort of, like, the best aspects of each. So, like, I think it would eventually become, like, a hybrid. Because they don't have to worry about it not being sexually compatible with either species because they do all that shit in the lab anyways. So, like, whereas, like, if you're breeding together, like, a frog and a... I don't know. I don't know what you would breed a frog with. That's a bad example. If you're breeding together a horse and a sheep or something like that, you'd be like, but then neither of them can ever have kids again. That half-breed thing won't be able to do anything. But in this case, everything's just petri dished anyways. Yeah. That was my my assumption is that it would be have some of her aspects and some of his. But I would assume that his would have to be dominant just because they're on the island like breathing the air like on his world breathing his air and stuff like that so like it would have to be more dominant than her it's it you know so there's a an element i think to carrying a child that makes it so you don't murder them like <laughs> like a, like actually murder them you know what i mean like so mm-hmm. so my niece my I was, my nephews came to stay you, and you know this my nephews came to stay and they were with me like a cumulative of like 6 days and mm-hmm. i was like I will murder you. I will murk you. I, I will murk you. I will murk you. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, I'm like, you know, I didn't birth you guys. So so the murk meter was way higher. <laughs> I, feel like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's certain, like, you know, I carried this thing for nine months. The pain of pushing it out, you know, I'm not going to murk it today. I'm not going to murk it today. Like, but when you don't carry it, I think there's an element of like, you know, chuck this baby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, for sure. For sure. That's why, like, in all cultures, like, the people who were willing to take in someone else's baby, like, if the parents died or died of illness or whatever, those people are, like, revered as being, like, the most kind and wonderful and blah, blah, blah. Because it is... I mean, like, biologically, like, the brain is flooding you with fucking hormones. Like, this is great. These are great. Look at how great they are. They're so beautiful. Like, my kids can be, like, such such little biatches. (laughs) And then they just, like, smile at me and do something cute. And I'm like, all right, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. (laughs) I see it. And I accept it. And my brain's like, look at how cute they are, though. You love them. But I totally agree with you. I do think, though, that the hatchling thing is the same as having your own. I mean, you're not carrying it physically in your body. But, like, also that other lady, Morali, was, like, with them all the time. And, like, rolling the eggs over and playing the right music. She's guarding them. So you're creating that bond. And then they talked about, like, you have to be there right when the hatchlings hatch because then they bond to you. So there's some sort of, like, thing on that planet where they're bonding to whoever they see. Kind of like reptiles do on our planet where they're – 
you know, if you're like there when a little reptile is born, then it thinks you're its mom and bonds to you. Really? Yeah. Tell me I could have a little pet alligator baby. A lot of people have pet alligators. Just move to Florida. Your parents should know about that. Shit. Oh my god, there's, there's so my mom. Okay, it's totally illegal. Okay, and I don't know who my mom thinks she is. I don't know if she thinks she's a crocodile hunter, crocodile Dundee. I don't know. But but I mean, Florida is just alligator. There's alligators everywhere. Okay, like I don't I don't even understand why people get into bodies of water in Florida. Period. Right. We'll never do. Um, but like behind idea. behind our Pythons? houses, fuck that. Yeah. Fucking the pythons are insanity, right? Fuck that. So yeah. like behind our house is the Everglades, few blocks from our house, right? Um, and so you can go there, and it's like a national park, and you can go in, and there's just gators everywhere in the water, and there's no gates, there's no fences, there's no nothing. Okay, and she buys these giant campfire marshmallows, the ones that are like as big as your fist, mm-hmm. and she chucks she them in the feeds alligators. Yeah, you're not supposed to feed alligators, especially marshmallows. But a marshmallow looks like an egg, right? And gators love eggs. So she, she, every time the family comes, she's like, gather all the kids. She takes all the kids to this place where there are no fences, <laughs> Bridget. Zero fences. This is Starts some Florida checking, man shit, Shawnee. And she's like, and, and she'll say to like the kid, "Hey, watch out for the for the like the what do you call them? Not Mounties, uh, the park rangers." She's like, watch out for the park rangers. If you see the park rangers, let me know. She starts chucking marshmallows. And the gators come right up (laughs) the side of the bank. And this is me. I did it with her one time. She's done it with the people a lot of times. But I went one the one time and I was like mom we gotta go mom mom you see the gator mom we gotta you see that gator we gotta go that gator gonna move fast you gotta run diagonally mom we gotta go <laughs> we gotta weave you gotta weave they don't change directions mom they don't change, they change directions you can't run in a straight line <laughs> mom I don't feel like this is a good idea in my spirit in my spirit my spirit's telling me it's not a good idea I think we need to go I think <laughs> I went on when I was in Australia I went on a boat ride and the bottom of the boat is see-through so that you can see the gators like swim underneath you and come up to the boat. And I was like, you know what? How thick is this glass? (laughs) Tell me more about this plastic material that is protecting me from sure death in this water right now. I was like, you know what? Once was enough. Thank you. That is some, seriously, that is some Florida man shit, Johnny. That is some Florida man My mom is like a Florida redneck. I don't know how, like, I don't know what happened. I don't know, like, you know. She's been living there too long with those other people telling her, oh, that sounds like a fun activity. And you're like, no, it doesn't. It sounds like you're going to lose a grandchild. (laughs) That's what it sounds like. When I say there's like little kids, you take the little kids there. I... I just, oh my god! It's like know, that little some, girl got snatched at Disneyland. When was that? Like five years ago or something? Yeah, like, like because of the body those? of water. Like, yeah, she was like too close, and like they were. She was just like there was like a park there. Like she wasn't even doing bad things, and the no. alligator like dragged her into the depths. <laughs> I was like, no, you, thank we, you. We used to. My answer is no, thank you. <laughs> We used to go camping all the time. My dad is literally from the rainforest. So I grew up camping, but in California. And when I moved to Florida, I remember all my college friends, like when I was in college, they were like, yo, let's go camping. I was like, where? What, what do you mean? Like, oh, where's where's this location that we're going to be camping? They're like, oh, the Everglades. And I'm like, are you fucking nuts? Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah. One, the mosquitoes will just eat you alive. Yeah. But two, mm-hmm. there was like this guy, this dad and his son who went out camping in the Everglades. Both of them disappeared. All they found was a leg. I'm like, 
what part of that says Shawnee? Insert yourself into. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> That's why I never wanted room. to go camping in northern Northern California because I was like, "There's fucking bears out there. I don't want a bear to come to my tent. I don't, I don't want that. <laughs> I'll camp in Illinois where we don't have mountain lions stalking you as you hike through the valley." <laughs> Yo, have you ever watched that show Alone? It's like where they drop no. I don't watch stupid shows like that. Oh I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand the. I don't have that sort of. Um, I don't know what it is, but like when people watch like true crime documentaries or they watch yeah. those that alone show or when they watch like none of that stuff has ever appealed to me. Where I'm like, ooh, I want to watch. Never. Oh I like gosh. to watch horror movies. Maybe like maybe twice a year. I like a real good scare. Like I want a scary one where it's like for a week I have nightmares and then that's enough for me. I don't need more than that. <laughs> well, I like alone because I like to see the survival things people do to like, yeah. you know, to live. And yeah. But the one thing is so they drop people off in like Vancouver and there's like the biggest bear population, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so when you see a bear, you're supposed to make a loud noise before they get to you. And so it's a lot of people on the show going, hey, bear, hey, bear, hey, bear, hey, bear. Yeah. My mom always used to joke when we would go hiking, me and my siblings are so loud. She's like, well, we don't have to worry about seeing any animals, dangerous or not. They're so fucking loud. She's probably right, too, though. Probably true. Probably true. We never did see any animals. I, I edited right. your episode with Anne, and I, I can definitely see it. I know. Hey, you've met my children. Those loud little babies came from somewhere. All right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll do our ratings. Dear Romance Besties, if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash romance at a glance to check out our awesome perks, including stickers, watching movies with us, naughty book boxes, and you can even be on the show. Can't be a patron? You can still support the show by purchasing books or things we recommend through our affiliate links on our show notes and our dope-ass website. Thanks for the commish. Or you can leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts. Screenshot your review, send it to us on Instagram, and we'll send you some stickers. Now, Bridge, let's get back to the ratings. Yes. All right, Shani. What did you think of our fair heroine? Um, I really loved her. Uh, I gave her a five stars. Yo, f -f -f five stars. <laughs> she didn't really I do I think this might be like one of your, like maybe you've only done like four or five, five stars. Yeah, I haven't done that many five stars. It's hard to get me to the five. Because usually somebody, somebody does something really dumb Sounds or out of real character. stupid. Real that dumb. like, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't feel like there was much that was any like contrived yeah, in this book where great. I felt like yeah. really, really. Um, yeah. So I gave her five stars. I love that initially when she was doing the challenge, she's like, I can't do this by myself. Hey, you want to team up? Because uh -huh. like, I thought that was super smart to do. Yep. Um, yep. I felt like she. I like, I like when Kerr was like, are you suggesting an alliance? And she was like, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> she's like, I thought we'd just be friends, but sure, we could do an alliance. <laughs> You know, I like that she was open to him. I like that she was like, I don't mm -hmm. know what this is, but let's just start slow. Um, mm -hmm. I like that uh, she was good to her dog. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, and that she kind of just leaned into it. She's like, well, I'm here. Let's mm -hmm. lean into it. The one thing I will say is that at the very end of the book where he's like, um, you know, the I don't know if we talked about this, but the AI lied and we mm -hmm. could always go back to your home and. I know where it is and I can take you home if you want to go. The right. only thing I thought was in that moment was, oh, yeah, take me home. Where's, could you get that shit? Like, what? 
this has been nice. This has been a great interlude in my life. I would like to go home now. <laughs> but for the sake of the book, I understand the sentiment of like, no, I love you. I'm here for you. Like, like we're going to do this. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that was, uh, that was a funny moment for me, at least in my own mind. Uh, so yeah, I liked her a lot. What did you, what did you say? I gave her a five also. Also, I never thought she was going to want to go home, Shawnee. How dare you? What a sweet <laughs> romance. Of course, she's not going to go home. She found her soulmate. Durr. God. Also, she had nothing for her at home. You know what I mean? Except for cheeseburgers. She talked about cheeseburgers a few times. That's so clearly what she wanted was just like different food. But then now she's going to be cooking. So now she can make other food. So let me be clear. I would have gone home for cheeseburgers. I would have. I would have gone. <laughs> I would have gone. <laughs> a double bacon? For I would have gone home for a bacon cheeseburger. <laughs> Reese's. A pile of ice cold Reese's from a your pile freezer. Of Reese's. All you gotta do is shake a bag of Reese's at me. <laughs> I'd have oh been like, take God. me to quadrant zero zero seven six ears. Ears. Okay. What did you think about our MC hero? Uh Zyler. I really love Zyler. I also gave him a five. Me too. What a sweet cinnamon roll. What a right? little alien squish ball. Mm-hmm. Right? Was it like he was? He was not. He was. He was insecure. He was flawed, and also he dealt with that shit. You know. And, and I, I liked that he grew too. Mm-hmm. Like at the beginning, he was so much, and then like as she, as he realized like she valued him, and as he realized he needed to protect her, he like gained more confidence and stood up for her and for himself more, which I like. Absolutely. And and I think that, uh, I mean, I really did love that he was just like not the most appealing like partner. He failed the, he failed the challenge multiple times and people kind of laughed at him and didn't give him any kind of credit. Um, and they were talking about how he was going to be part of like the, I don't the know, what they the barracks, the drones, there you, go, you know, and, uh, and I, and I liked that. I like that about him. I like that he was just not the guy, <laughs> you know, yeah. and yeah. Uh, and that he did grow to kind of be, I felt like worthy at the end. And the worthiness to me was just in the fact that he was willing to try. He was willing to grow. And I've experienced in my life where where I've had a partner who, when things were not working correctly, was unwilling to grow was unwilling to try to make things better or put forth the effort or, re- or or Google, do a Google search. Like, what the fuck can I do? You know, and so anytime I think that your partner is willing to grow, I, I think it's dope, you know? And it's mm-hmm. the one thing my mom always told me. She's like, make sure your partner is teachable. If they are unteachable, don't. that's not your partner. Don't let that be your partner. And it's the best advice that I ever got, you know? So, so yeah. So I thought he was he was a yummy, crunchy cinnamon roll. <laughs> mm-hmm. I said he was a make take me to space, McDreamy, because <laughs> he was definitely not a McSteamy. Although they had some nice little steam moments, but he was definitely a McDreamy. So well, cute. I said this in a positive, funny way. I said he was a McCrabby, McGrabby. <laughs> <laughs> And the book was classy. It was it was it was, it was definitely was, classy. Yeah. I don't even know how to rate it actually because it was, I'm like I would say it was like sweet. I said it was very sweetly sexy. Like it yeah. was all their sexy times were very like sweet and 
and full of heart and yeah. not like full of like overpowering passion and like, you know, angst or whatever. Yeah. I actually feel like because there was like no sex organs in this book, it's not like a super gendered book. Like if you're heterosexual mm-hmm. or not, like Mm-mm. Doesn't matter. You, anybody can enjoy this book because they rubbing claws mm-hmm. and shit. Like it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And he has like internal sex organs and yeah, you know. I I read one review that was like she's clearly a pansexual, and I was like, I guess pansexual includes aliens. So sure, it's like <laughs> a like, cosmic sexual. I don't know. I was like, yeah. I was like, I, I was like, okay, like I could I could get down with that. Sure, she's clearly not. <laughs> Against the fact that he doesn't have like customary male genitalia, so. Well, yeah. she says she had girlfriends before in one line that I latched onto. <laughs> <laughs> Did she? I, I missed it. I totally. <laughs> yeah, I claim this is a queer book for Pride Month. I I've claimed it. Hey, I, think, I honestly do think it. so. I think it's good because then you also have the poly couple. You have, I think so. I'm down. Yeah. I think it was a. I think it was a perfect book. We hit at the perfect time. Um, So yeah. So my favorite line in the book was what you talked about Mm -hmm. earlier. But um, it's like so far he hasn't touched. uh, Wait, so far he hadn't touched her except to install the translation thingy and the breathing therapy. No exploratory butt stuff. And I was just like, (laughs) I was like, I like her. She's an optimist. She's an optimist. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so right after that is the line I mentioned briefly, but she showed him her teeth again, promising vicious consequences if he displeased her. <laughs> so she was small. Clearly, she was cut from warrior cloth, just like snaps. <laughs> so cute. He like does not understand anything about her or the dog. <laughs> I also like that being a clutch, uh, the like a clutch defender was like the highest mm-hmm. position of honor. She's like, yeah. I'm the nanny. You you guarded a clutch. Oh my god. People I trusted you with their kids. Oh kids? my god. You know. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's probably like how it should be. Like teachers. For sure. You know what I mean? They guard a For clutch sure. and they don't get any respect. For sure. <laughs> For sure. I feel like they used to get so much more and like the people who were like the guardians of the children used to have much more cash in society. But um, Okay, I had one other one, which is not a sexy time one, but which is um, I just thought was like kind of summed up the whole book for me. Um, you didn't have to tell. This is right after he tells her that the AI was the one that sort of engineered the entire kidnapping of her and stuff like that on mm-hmm. purpose. You didn't have to tell me, but you opted to give that power back to me. From the very beginning, you've always respected my right to choose. I could go back, and it's nice knowing that the door is open, but I don't want to. I choose you over and over. I will always pick you. And I was like, squee. That's so cute. Oh, squee. What a cute. <laughs> and also, like, very true. Like, that, like, him always asking her what she wants to do is, is definitely a theme of the book. Yeah. And... Also, it can be a theme of the book, and he didn't feel emasculated in the process. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. Like, I feel like that's the thing. Guys are like, "Why would I? Why would I ask them? Whatever, I'm the man of this shit." And you're just like, "I mean, it's fu- it's cute that you think that, but like." <laughs> <laughs> I always think of my big fat Greek wedding when she's like, men are the head, but women are the neck and can turn the head in whatever direction they want to. (laughs) I was like, so funny. If you guys have never watched my big fat Greek wedding, please go do so. That is a very good movie. Highly recommend. Five stars. So good. I have a favorite review. and It was from Elise, who rated it five stars on Goodreads. And she said, this was so adorable, heartwarming, original, and funny. Not only breaking my reading slump, but my sadness slump as well. 
And I was like, so true. Like, I just, like, had such a good time reading this book. Start to finish, like, had a smile on my face, laughed out loud a few times. Like, I thought the, like, I just thought it was great. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Uh, I have uh, two reviews that I'm going to mush together. One from Rosabelle and one from Ivy DeLuca. Uh, They both gave it four stars. And... They said, uh, I love when the main guy is not an entitled prick who thinks he's irresistible and that by showing his dick, women will fall all over him. This guy alien was a little bit insecure, a little bit of a nerd, and apparently not very appealing based on people's standards. Uh, and then Ivy, there are literally no words to describe this very strange love, but it was fascinating to read. The world building is strong. The relationship between Beryl and Zyler emotionally resonates. And while the sex is hands down the weirdest I've read, it works. If you love alien sci-fi rom and you're looking for something very different than your typical alpha hero damsel in distress dynamic, you may enjoy this. I did. And I was like, yeah, that's that's how I felt about this book. I actually gave it five stars. I gave the book five stars. They gave it, they both gave it four stars. Wah, wah, wah. Five stars. This book is just, you don't see a lot of books like this book. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that writing the love between them had to be really difficult for the author. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. and the fact that she was able to do it, I think she deserves five fucking stars for this book. I agree. I agree. You guys, raghags, you know we don't give out five stars just for any old book. That shit doesn't come cheap. So, not like literal money. We don't get paid for the review, (laughs) but like cheap in our reviewing process. And so, you heard it here. Five stars, five stars. Audiobook is great. Yeah, reading it as a regular book is great. Easily five. Stars. Definitely yeah. want to go check out. I uh, typically read a little bit earlier. Like I don't leave it till the night before usually, or the morning of, as it were. And so usually I would have already read probably a few more of her books. But I will tell you that the next book is about the alien AI Helix and him finding love and getting because he's like getting put into a body. You know, um, so I'm excited about that. And then also she writes a ton of other books in Paranormal, in Alien, and as well as like she has some like gothic fairy tales and some other stuff. So uh, I will definitely be checking some of those out over the summer and popping those reviews on Patreon for all of you delicious, delicious friends. If you want to come on Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash romance at a glance and you get all kinds of extra behind the scenes stuff and extra reviews and just all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah. Oh, also, I'm going to be talking with Boobies and Newbies podcast on Patreon, and we are going to review um, the first Starfighter from Grace Goodwin. So that is very exciting. That will be coming out uh, towards the end of June on Patreon. Awesome. I love that. All right, Bridget. I think that's the uh, the end of the strange love and the strange I episode. think it's the end of strange love, and I'm going to think about how I'm going to spend my $5 from Jane. <laughs> <laughs> my victory dollars I'm just <laughs> I'm just so happy that we that there was one in this in this season I was like dear god we're getting to the end of it I hope there's one <laughs> I am too yes. alright guys well with that until then may your books be your lover and your hand your best friend see you later Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.